0: Welcome to Quest, where we believe a great faith, great church experience, and great life is grounded in authentic relationship with God and living life with friends. Join us today in changing our world one friendship at a time. If you would like more information about connecting at Quest, stay tuned after the message. Good morning. Oh, it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, as Ross said, my name is Jeremy Shelley. I'm the Family Life Pastor, and, and it's a privilege to be here this morning worshiping with you. And can you believe we're already in the third week of Advent? Um, <laughs> I know that that might create a little bit of stress for some of you thinking about that, knowing that there's a lot more that you may have to do at home. And and so today, I want to start off differently. Uh, I want to give us an opportunity to to get present, to to center ourselves, and focus on Jesus Christ. And so we're going to do a little exercise. This is something I do with the students and with my children quite often uh, at youth ministry or at my home. And, and, uh, And so this is the way it's going to work. I'm going to have you close your eyes in a moment. We're going to do a brief breathing breathing exercise and then I'm going to read some scripture to you and uh, this is a chance for you to imagine sitting with Jesus and and letting him speak words of truth over you okay so so everybody close your eyes with me if you're online I encourage you to do this as well sitting in your living room close your eyes take a deep breath in through your nose and hold it now breathe out through your mouth Let go of any stress that you have. Breathe in through your nose again. And imagine as you're breathing in the oxygen into your lungs, how it's going into your bloodstream and starting to calm your body. Breathe out. Now I want you to picture in your mind. A tree, a full tree, full of leaves and full of fruit. Imagine sitting beneath that tree on a a warm, breezy day. Imagine that you're sitting there with Jesus. Think about what it feels like to be there in this moment. Now listen to these words. They come from John 15. Jesus says to us, Live in Me. Make your home in Me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with Me. I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with Me and I with you, our relationship is intimate and organic. Together the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who He is when you produce fruit. When you mature as my disciples. I loved you the way that my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. Now take a deep breath. Open your eyes. You are sitting in the presence of Jesus. Whether you're here in person or at home online. Jesus is with you. He's here. He's present. And honestly, if if we were to stop right now with this exercise, you would have everything you need. Jesus, you have His Word, you have a way to connect with Him and to stay connected to Him. That alone is all you need for your life uh, in order for it to be fulfilling. It's that simple. Nonetheless, Let's continue on and spend some time delighting in the plan that Jesus had when he came to us, Emmanuel. He came to us here on earth, a plan that's based in love. God, after all, is love. He is the very definition of love. And love is what marked Christ's pursuit of creation. And it's what should mark the followers of Jesus. We're going to be in John chapter 15, so if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up. We're going to be focused there this morning. Um, One of the things, though, that I think about that I think is interesting about God's plan for all of creation uh, is how opposed our world's systems are to that plan. Even in the passage that we just read from John 15, Jesus continues on after that to teach, and he makes explicitly clear that if we choose to remain close to him, if we stay close to God, then the world will hate us. Think about that for a moment. When we choose to live according to God's plan for us, we will be hated by the world. So our choice, especially now in this Advent season, as we're we're waiting to celebrate the birth of Jesus, His coming to uh, the earth as He was born in Bethlehem, to dwell among His creation, our choice is to either abide with Him, to be close to Jesus, or to choose to remain close to the world. Now I want us to think a little bit about what the world has to offer for us. And... and let me be clear here, not everything in the world is bad. I'm not going to suggest that for one moment, nor, nor should we be these people who want to bunker down and isolate or insulate ourselves from the world. That's not at all what Jesus came to do. It's not at all what Jesus has his followers to do. In fact, the, 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 point of Advent is Jesus coming into the world and, and living among the culture and sharing his love with a broken world so that he can set it right and as his followers if we abide in him we get to do that very same thing but the truth is our world is broken the uh, uh, the truth is the the enemy roams to and fro all over the earth seeking to devour and destroy all that is good I was recently talking with my wife. We were talking about a podcast uh, that i 've been listening to, and it 's a, a commentary on the culture and One of the things that that they 've been talking about, which I, I find is really interesting, a lot of the things that I see happening in our culture it 's great to hear someone else articulate those same things to feel like okay yeah i 'm not uh, alone in this i 'm not completely weird. Someone else sees it, uh, but they were talking about this concept of gig culture uh, and how gig culture, particularly in the west is um, how, what it's doing to relationships. Now, if you're not familiar with gig culture, uh, gig culture is the flexibility of jobs that people now have, especially in COVID. We've seen how people are able to work from home, do things remotely, and it's given them a little bit possibly more freedom. And uh, if you want to think about it this way, uh, gig culture is kind of a side hustle, a way to make extra money, but not having to be in a particular location. You can think of Uber, uh, think of DoorDash or, or Etsy, Etsy, um, uh, even YouTube streamers or Twitch streamers, these folks are living in this gig culture uh, kind of economics, and, and it's where people are using their talents to earn extra money. It's a really fantastic setup, in fact. In fact, I know people who who use their talents to create something and it doesn't matter where they are, they can ship their goods to someone else via FedEx or UPS and then they can get paid in PayPal or Venmo, right? You guys have heard about this. You probably utilize some of these resources. It's really cool. And, but I want you to hear me, the enemy wants to destroy all things that are wonderful. He wants to change it into something that tears people apart. One of the things that cultural researchers um, see now as a result of this gig culture is a rise in transience. People who don't have to stay at home or stay in one place to earn money, people can move from city to city or even continent to continent and still make a living. Once again, that's not bad. However, it's, it's beginning to have an impact on the social structures of our communities, of our churches, and our families. People are neglecting to put down roots in the communities because if they discover something about a different city that they like, they can just go there. They can pick up and leave. Or, or if they're challenged in a way that they don't like, they don't have to face that challenge, they can walk away from it and go to another city, right? They can pick up and go to another place. And I don't know about you. I mean, the reality is I suffer from wanderlust. Anybody else struggle with this? You want to go someplace else and experience something new? Um, in fact, over Thanksgiving, I was talking to my family about some of the plans that I have for retirement. Long way from now, a long time from now. I'm not that old. Um, well, one of those plans is is... I'd like to buy an RV so that Alexis and I can travel the countryside. We can, we can you know, make it the family truckster, go see Wally World if we need to, you know, just have a great time. Um, in fact, it, it was interesting, I was talking to my sister about this, and uh, she was mentioning how where she lives... Uh, there's been a spike in RV sales as, as COVID has happened. You know, people who want to take their safe home with them and keep it with them and then go from place to place. And, and um, what, what's ultimately happening though, this lifestyle, it ultimately makes it hard to put roots down anywhere. The, the primary critique that I have of this new form of transience is that the fingerprints of the enemy's influence on gig culture are everywhere. When we don't put roots down, when we don't invest in the lives of the people around us, how much easier is it for us to leave them? And and think about this, and let's let's stretch it out a little bit more. If we know beyond our job or, you know, beyond just that space in gig culture, if we know that there's a, another relationship or another way to escape just around the corner... If we know that, um, that we can find something new, then aren't we going to go after it? Right, this is, this is about um, our commitment to our spouses, our commitment to our friends, to our, our, our neighbors. It's about pressing into the very difficult parts of our lives so that we can be remade into the very image of God. We have to be grounded in order to do those things. It, it, this is about um, suffering the consequences of our decisions, it's about hearing an idea or a philosophy, a different way of thinking, and asking critical questions to discover the truth in the midst of that. It's about disagreeing with people, possibly in our church, right? And choosing the relationship over that di- difference rather than finding a new congregation. See, the enemy wants to divide us and isolate us. He rips the best parts of our lives away by stripping us from our roots and our foundations, and gig culture makes this easier. Mark Sayers, he says it this way, and I'm just going to paraphrase him here. He says, if, if we're not connected to a place or to a community, to a church, or to a family, then we have nothing rooting us to the place where we live. And with that rooting comes a story, a history that brings depth to us. It grounds us. It invigorates our life. It's a story um, that we're connected to that ultimately makes our life a blessing. And when we have no rooting, nothing grounding us, we're without a story. And this is where um, the world can come into our life and sell us anything that, that they want to. If you don't believe in anything, if you're not convicted of anything, if you're not connected to anything, if you don't have any tradition guiding the decisions that you're making, then you're able to fall for everything the world has to sell you, And this is the very same world that Jesus tells us will hate us if we believe in him, if we have faith in him. And so let's, let's discover a little bit about what Jesus tells us he has for us. And so I'm going to go back. We're going to read John 15 again, what I read to you at the very beginning, but I'm going to continue on through verse 17. So read along with me in your Bibles. The words are on the screen if you need them. Jesus says, If you abide in me, my words abide in you. My joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go bear fruit and the fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. God's command to us is love. He gives us love. He demonstrates his love to us, and so he says, now go and love. This is our command. But love, as defined by Jesus, is a fruit born out of remaining in him, and abiding in him, and staying connected to him. And I think many of us, uh, we want to go from this place, this church, uh, Sunday morning worship service, and we want to demonstrate the love of Jesus to everyone that's around us, right? But there's these stories from the world that are exciting, they're enticing, and we're, we're, we're compelled to, to listen to them. The stories around us, they're moving, they're motivating, they're, they're, they're captivating, and often we're drawn to them. And if we don't remain connected to Jesus before we know it, we start to chase after those ideas rather than the plan that God has for us. Obviously, there's problems with this, but the most prominent is that our capacity to love others, which many of us are motivated by, stems from our connection to God. I'm sure that uh, many of you have been watching Christmas movies already this season. Um, I know I've been watching quite a few. Uh, if you think about most every single storyline of these Christmas movies, they're very similar. At a macro level, it's all about this opportunity to fix a broken system. Someone will come into a broken system and reintroduce something that is helpful, good, or whatever, and, uh, and fix it, right? It doesn't matter if um, the system has been corrupted by greed or selfishness, or depression, uh, anxiety, meaninglessness. The storyline for most of those Christmas movies is about this character who works hard to disrupt the broken system and introduce connection or correction. doesn't matter if that character is Buddy the Elf, or um, George Bailey, or possibly John McClane. Yes, I said it, Die Hard is a a Christmas movie. I almost said Christian movie. No, Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. Anyway, those characters, they use their power to bring meaning back into the lives of the people around them. And the reason that most of us are drawn to those kinds of storylines is because it's the same story that God wrote for us. His imprint is on our lives and it's in our lives. The the story is that Jesus came to us in the midst of this broken system and He introduces self-sacrificial love and then He leaves us with the power of the Holy Spirit to do even greater things in His name. He is fixing the brokenness of our world. And of course, we want to go out and we want to create better systems in our world. That's what's inside of us. Of course, we're drawn to the examples of all of that stuff happening around us. Of course, when we see an image of what looks beautiful in life, we're compelled to search for that. But when we go after those things and we fail to remain connected to God, the only thing we will reproduce is another failing system. God came to bring love and wholeness and peace into our failing systems. And he chooses to use the fruit of our lives that comes from being connected to him to help him do it. Which essentially means that we're bringing the presence of God's love to the places that need it. Uh, In this season of Advent, as, as we wait to celebrate the birth of our King, of our Savior, Jesus What if the best thing that we could do to fix the broken systems that surround us in our world? doesn't matter if it's at home or at work or in our neighborhood. What if the very best thing that we could do to fix those broken systems was to uncover or rediscover ways for us to stay connected to Jesus? Simply stay connected to Jesus. The idea of remaining in God is not a natural concept, especially for us here in the context of all of the hurry and the striving. Right? We we in our lives of hurry are moving from one expectation to another at light speed. That is what's driving us. That's what's compelling us. That's what's moving us in order to to keep provision. And it's interesting because here at Quest, and you may have heard us talk about this, um, we talk about the color that God brings to our lives or that He wants to bring to our lives. And I don't want to speak for Ross and Wendy right now, but the reason that they're here in this community in Columbus is because God calls them to bring color to this place, to bring it away from the dreary, the drab, the, the dull, and, and and bring life and color into it. And right now, our church, the storyline of our church quest right here, this is what we desire to do. We feel that God has called us to bring color to the place where we are living in the name of Jesus. And I I, I know that many of you understand this in a very deep and pro- profound way that that what what life looks like when it's full of striving many of you feel it because you experience it on a on a daily basis it's a, it's a grueling and gut-riching way to live life it's laborious right it's difficult it's tense it's anxious it's full of comparison that's no life no life for any of us it's not the life that christ wants for us It's not the life that we want for anybody in this church. In fact, the life that Jesus invites us to is a life that's filled with joy. How did Jesus say it in John 15, verse 11? He says, These things I have spoken to you, that you may have joy, that joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. God came to us. Emmanuel, right? In bodily form. In Jesus. He came for us to have life and to have it abundantly. He doesn't desire for us to experience gray, dull, striving, worrisome, anxious life. What He wants for us is warmth. He wants, he wants us to know that we are invita- invited to live with Him in His home where He provides love, where He provides peace, where He provides joy. acceptance. And God is waiting for us to enter into his home. Richard Foster, uh, who spent his life leading groups of churches into renewal, he, he says that the key to this life, the key to finding this home with Jesus and entering into it is through prayer. Prayer is the way that we remain close to God. Prayer is one of the ways that we experience the love and the fullness of God. Prayer is the work that bears the fruit of love in our lives. And I want to say this again, our capacity to love others, to go from this place into our lives, into our world, into our neighborhoods, into our homes, and demonstrate the love of Jesus, our capacity to do that stems. It's directly rooted to our connection to God in prayer. And I understand that in this room, every one of us, we have varying differences and experiences with prayer. Some of us are afraid of it. Some of us are bored by it. Some of us are very mature in it and we delight in it. Some of us are completely ignorant of it. Most of us, most of us, we want more of it in our lives yet we avoid it for one reason or another. Think about that for yourselves. Don't you want more prayer in your life but you always seem to find something else to do? For many of us, we think prayer is something that we need to master. It's, it's kind of the, the it's, it's like the parent who knows that they have to master common core math right now in the midst of COVID. And we're frustrated by that because we know that there's a better and a simpler way to do it. <laughs> um, but we, we think about prayer that way. It's, it frustrates us. We feel like we have to master it. But Jesus says, no, it's simple. Prayer is something that we can approach just as we are. It doesn't matter what experiences we have it doesn't matter how good we are or how well we have everything worked out in our lives we can come to prayer just as we are and we are invited through prayer to enter into the home of God and to his place of warmth of care of nurture of joy and of peace it's in prayer that we connect to God this is the place where the story of our lives And the story that God is telling, get connected. Prayer is our admission that we are incapable of fixing the brokenness of the world that we live in on our own. That we, where we say to God, we are not in control of everything going on around us. And we need your help, God. It's in moments of prayer that we acknowledge that we need him to intervene, to, to step into our stuff and take over. And that's exactly what we see from the prayers of the Bible. When we read about Moses praying about the stubbornness of the people of Israel, he's saying, God, come in and fix these stiff-necked people. When we read in the Psalms about these people who are having difficult lives, they're saying, God, come in and rescue me from, from what's going on. Protect me. Be my refuge. Be my stronghold. Even Jesus in His final days here on earth came to His Father in prayer in a very simple way. And He said, Help me. Take this cup from my lips, but let Your will be done. See, this is right where we are. Calling on God for the things in our lives and asking Him to intervene. As we pray, we transition from the belief that God is a part of our lives to the truth that we are a part of God's story. That He's in control. That He's writing this story. That He has a plan for us. And we are only playing a part. See, prayer is our pursuit of God. It's the way that we move closer to Him and that we remain in Him. Prayer brings us to the story that God is writing. It connects us with His love, His plan, and His community. And without this connection to God's sovereign plan, we're left rudderless in a tumultuous sea. And I want you to hear that again. Prayer is what connects us to the story of God. People without that rootedness, people without that connection or that foundation, they are tossed to and fro. They pick up and leave whenever things get difficult. They latch on to any idea that's tossed out to them. And the enemy uses that to separate people from the life that God has planned for them. So we have to stay connected to God. There's a lot of ways that we can engage with prayer right now. This is a really simple thing. Prayer is simple. and There's a lot of ways that we can do it. We can do it by doing the the simple breathing and um, imagination exercise that we started off in the beginning. You have the words of God. You have the presence of God. And you can imagine what it's like to be with Him. Or or we can be intentional with prayer in our small groups or or in our families. We We can sit around the table with the people that we love and we can talk about prayer and we can engage in prayer. That's when we say, God, come into this space and heal the places that we need your healing. Or, as we look around our community and we see all of the stuff that's going on. And there's a lot right now. We've got protests in our city. We've got joblessness in our city. We've got kids who aren't allowed to go to school and be in person. And families who are, who are having to deal with that. Right? Right? We have businesses that are told that they can't operate under normal hours and people who, who are having a hard time making their ends meet. When we come to God in prayer on behalf of them, interceding for them, we can think about what they're experiencing, what they're feeling, what they're going through, and we can invite God to be present with them in that moment. When we pray that way, we're demonstrating love to those people. It also helps us to think of ways that we can help them, that we can meet their tangible needs. See, this is the deeply spiritual and deeply practical way of remaining in Jesus and demonstrating His love the way that He did for us. In very sacrificial ways, in caring ways, in joyful ways. This is the way of Jesus. Another space for us to engage with prayer. And I'm most excited about this particular group that's meeting here. On Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., there's a group that gathers together um, for prayer and worship. And they pray about everything. It doesn't matter. It's under the sun. Whatever's going on in this world, in this community, or in this church, they are praying for it. And I've got to be honest with you, this past week I was really struggling with a situation that was going on in my world. Something that I had no control over. There was nothing that I could do to fix the situation. And after I left middle school group, I went and I sat in that room. It's in the hospitality room. I just sat in there for 10 minutes. And I started to to bring that situation to God, to pray for that situation, just to myself. But being surrounded by these others who were praying and sitting in the presence of God in that moment brought me peace. It brought me comfort. It brought me the realization that, no, there is nothing that I can do, but God is joining me in the midst of that situation, and I was uplifted. And if that's something that you want, I want to invite you to come and join this group on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. They meet in the hospitality room. If we have to change rooms because so many people come and pray, then we'll move it in here. There's a way to engage with God. There's ways all around us. And it keeps us connected. It keeps us um, rooted in God's story. Jesus came to us so that we could see God in the flesh. And when he came, he demonstrated love and told us to go and do the same thing. And by doing, by remaining close to him, we would be most effective in that. So this season, this Advent season, when we're waiting, and we're thinking about the birth of our Savior, of our King, let's think of ways that we can remain connected to Jesus. All of the various ways that we can stay close to Him in prayer. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that You are a God that wants us to be with You. To be present with You. You allow us to come just as we are. and To sit and experience Your love. Experience Your provision. Experience Your care. And in that, You help us produce fruit that is a blessing to the world around us. And Lord, I pray, I pray that in this season of Advent, that we would find all of the many ways that we can remain connected to You. That we can abide in You. Let us enjoy the presence of You, God. Let us delight in our relationship with you. God, we love you and we're so thankful for your son. We're thankful that he came right here to us to walk near us and among us to experience life so that we could see you as real as we can. And God, I pray that as we continue to connect with God that we might walk among the people around us and bear the fruit of love to all of those people who need that in their brokenness. God, we love you. We praise your name. Amen. We hope you encountered the love of Jesus in this message. If you'd like to be a part of the ministry God is doing through Quest, whether in person or online, go to questvineyard.org for more information. If you want to worship God by supporting Quest financially, go to questvineyard.org slash give. May God bless you this week as you partner with God to change the world one friendship at a time.